Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Hallelujah. My, 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 the last three services, four services actually, with Brother Copeland here, they were top shelf, top shelf. Hallelujah, and I'm so glad to say I got to be here. (laughs) Amen, and I believe those are services we'll look back on and we'll say, wow, we were there. It was interesting because in looking to what my part in this is and what direction God would have me to take, uh, he pointed me back to some things. And uh, I'm glad to revisit them because it helps clarify where we're going. Um, Often, Dad Hagen would say that others would ask him, ministers would ask him, what is God doing in this time? And he said, God is building strong local churches that flow with the word and the spirit. He would warn us and he would say, (laughs) many wouldn't recognize the Holy Ghost if he came down the street wearing a red hat. And others would say, well, uh, having what they would call moves of the spirit repels certain people from attending. Or, uh, you know, visitors would come. I, 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 I would have in years past, a particular person that they brought a lot of people to visit. They would call me on Saturday night and say, Pastor Nancy, I'm bringing a visitor tomorrow. That was code for behave yourself. So I would thank, I would say, thank you. Now I know And I want you to know the Holy Spirit is laboring to bring in the great harvest through the church. He loves the harvest more than you. So don't accuse him ever of hurting the harvest if he gets his way in a service. Amen. Amen. He's been working a lot longer to bring the church to the place where the father's harvest could be reaped. His seed sown, harvested. Amen. Amen. It's not about being afraid of a Holy Ghost service or the spirit. It's us becoming skillful and recognizing his moves because I guarantee you that's what draws. My husband was invited for a year and a half by Billy Frazier, who was a co-worker with him on his construction job. And he would invite my husband to church every Sunday and Ed would tell him no. Colorful language, very rainbow language. All colors of the spectrum. And then call him names. 
because Billy Frazier would say, I love you. <laughs> no, that don't work. <laughs> no, don't be doing that. <laughs> but when you're raised in a home void of it, you take things twisted, you see. And so after a year and a half of Billy Frazier dogging him, to go with him to church, Ed said, if I go with you once, will you leave me alone? He said, you got a deal. And so the pastor knew that Billy Frazier was bringing a Catholic boy because that was a good catch. <laughs> In that full gospel church to have a Catholic boy coming. So... Um, <clears throat> The pastor was preaching and he said he sounded like an auctioneer. I'm not going to try to do it the way Ed would do it because Ed would try to do it and then start coughing. <laughs> He'd try to, suck, you know, put out a bunch of air and suck it in and then end up choking. So I'm not going to try that and demonstrate that. But you've heard an all, you've all heard an auctioneer. And, and so he was preaching and talking about salvation and then uh, right in the middle of the service, a Filipino woman stood up and started speaking in tongues. And Ed said, the hair on the back of my neck stood straight up. He had never heard of the Holy Spirit, never seen a demonstration of a gift of the Spirit. But when the Holy Spirit gets his way, hungry hearts respond. And Ed said, Billy Frazier's head dropped. The pastor's head dropped because they've, they've let this Catholic boy off the hook now. You know, they thought he jumped the hook. When that Filipino woman stood up and spoke in tongues and then her husband jumped up right beside and started prophesying and said, today is the day of salvation and went on with the message. And he said, by the time they were done, I was ready to run to that altar because the Holy Spirit is a performer. And if we will be skillful in recognizing what he wants to do and cooperating with him, I tell you what, you talk about drawing all men unto Jesus. Amen. And so the pastor kept preaching and Ed said, I was waiting for him to be quiet so I could do what those people said, the, those speaking in tongues and interpreting because they gave him what he came for by the spirit, by the spirit. And so it's not about putting the Holy Ghost in the back room so we don't offend people. It's about becoming skillful at recognizing how he moves and uh, going there with him. There was a, uh, a man that I never saw his ministry. In fact, I was only in a couple of his services and I never saw a demonstration that was described by so many others. But they would ha there would be all kinds of things, very un unusual, unique things that would happen in his services. And it was almost, um, 
people would do unusual things. And uh, he went back because mom and dad Goodwin were his pastor. And he went back to mom Goodwin, dad Goodwin had already gone home to be with the Lord and he had been their associate for years. And he started telling her some of the things that were happening in his services that people would get frozen in a position that no man could hold for as long as they held it. And they would stand there sometimes for hours in an unusual position that a person, you know, in the av- now maybe an athlete could do certain things, but mm, someone, you know, uh, at that skill, it, you'd have to be like world-class to do the things that they did. And he went back and he said to mom Goodwin, he said, what about this? And she said, oh, son, you're just seeing the colorful side of God. God is not boring. And if we will move with him and his spirit, I tell you what, you talk about a fun ride. And I so appreciated her wording that she said, you're seeing the colorful side of God. And I know this, that children, Dad Hagen used to say this. I heard him say this once and he said, you people need to learn to be a kid with a kid. In other words, uh, don't make them boring like you. (laughs) Learn to have fun with people. Don't be so religious that fun's off your radar. And if there's one thing that parents do with their children, they have fun with them. They poke a little bit at them and taunt them a little bit. If we'll follow the Holy Ghost, the Father will be able to bring us into a flow of fun as we run our race. Amen. The joy of belonging to Him. The joy of running our race with Him does not turn you sad and sorrowful and just full of sacrifices. Listen, there is such a thing as sacrificial a sacrificial way to live. But let me tell you what the sacrifice is. It's like if you needed a car and uh, the car you wanted was, let's say a $50,000 car. And for some reason, something happens and the car dealer says, yeah, it's $50,000, but I'll let you have it for $5,000. Well, $5,000 is money, but Uh, look at what you're getting for such a little price. So don't overemphasize what you're giving up because all that he has made ours and bringing us into the sacrifices are a joy because it brings us into the harvest of the fullness of Christ that belongs to us. And uh, I love something I heard Pastor Jay say. Where's Pastor Jay? He said, God planned it. Jesus purchased it. But the Holy Ghost leads us into it. And if we don't learn to follow his leading, we never experience as we ought on this earth all that God planned and Jesus purchased. Because it's incomplete without following the leading of the Spirit into it. 
So when people would ask Dad Hagen, what is God doing? He's raising up strong local churches that move with the word and the spirit. The, the, the solution is not suppress the flow of the spirit. The solution is learn the flow of the spirit. To learn it, you have to get around those who know it. You can't get this from a book. And when you're around it, you need to jump in on it. Because observing does not turn you into a learner. Amen. You go, oh my goodness, what's she going to do? Don't worry about it. You're going to be all right. But he said, God is raising up strong local churches that flow with the move of the spirit. And dad Hagen would also say this to us. He said, the great moves of God are not going to happen in your big conventions and auditoriums. They're going to happen in the local churches. Amen. And God can't have a move without you. He can plan a move, desire a move, but we all have to get in on it. And it's not just about the pastor becoming skillful or the first two rows becoming skillful. It's about all of us hungering and thirsting after desiring these things, coveting these things in our midst. Amen. Because in the place of where the spirit gets his way, people get their help. And ultimately, if people aren't getting helped, why are they coming? Amen. And the Holy Spirit is the great helper. Amen. So God is raising up strong local churches that flow with the move, with the word and the spirit. And it's for all of us to get in and learn it. Amen. In um, October of 1999, we were at a church in Central California and my husband had preached and we, um, we were getting ready after the service to go up to the hospitality room and it was on another floor and they had an elevator in that building. So we're standing by the elevator And as we're waiting for the elevator, Ed says, I don't know if I can go that far. I just heard him say that out of his mouth. I don't know if I can go that far. And he hit the floor and he ended up going to heaven. And uh, several things happened. But one of the things that God talked to him about was uh, word and spirit churches. And he told my husband, he said, I'm raising up word and spirit churches. What is that? Flowing with the word and the spirit. It's called a New Testament church. It's called the day of Pentecost, word and spirit. (laughs) And he said, I'm raising up word and spirit churches to put my harvest in. Because if I put them in a flesh church, is what he called them. A flesh church, he said, I'll lose my harvest. 
And uh, Pastor Cody was over there in Galatians 6. Verse 7 says, if you sow to the flesh, you reap. You're going to reap, but you're going to reap corruption. If you sow to the spirit, you reap life everlasting. And so Jesus said, churches that sow to the flesh... All they do is they cater to the emotions, the feelings. They hold them in a babyhood stage of spiritual development. They'll, the word says that they'll reap, but it'll be corruption. What happens? It implodes. Because if they don't get out of that babyhood stage, now that place of flesh, they're going to get dominated by the flesh and all kinds of sin they yield to and all kinds of things. And people confused about what's the standard right. <laughs> in today's society. Right. Well, the word's never been adjusted by heaven based on a government legislation. That's right. Amen. <laughs> sin confuses people. Yes, it does. Amen. But I'm not confused. Yeah. You're not confused. Amen. Amen. And we don't, adjust our, our, our churches and our message for confused people. Just because you're confused, I'm not. I'm very clear on the message that's been entrusted to us. Amen. And uh, God needs a place for his harvest to be put. Amen. Amen. In these word and spirit churches, miracles can happen. (laughs) And miracles, and it was Raymond T. Ritchie, who I believe was one of the first who said miracles are the dinner bell. Drawing the lost. Amen. Um, My husband made this statement, before a new wave comes... There's a time when there is a lull and it's very quiet in between when there's been a wave and another is coming. Things look quiet. But he said many ministers during that lull get nervous during that quiet time and start hooking onto anything moving. Instead of waiting and hooking up to what God is doing. Amen. Charles S. Price in 1925 said this, of one thing we are sure, very, very sure, there will be a full restoration of the apostolic gifts and the full power of Pentecost before the coming of the Lord. Now this is what Dad Hagen's prophesied, my husband's prophesied. The fivefold office is operating at full potential power. The nine gifts of the Spirit operating at full potential power. That we won't just float into that. We have to become skillful so that level can function. And I'm not just talking to ministers, but congregations bringing their faith and hooking on. I don't know, um, Pastor Anderson, is, do we have more of his book out there? I know we, we've offered it before. If you haven't gotten hold of Pastor Anderson's, Edwin Anderson's book on the local church, you need to get hold of that. 
you can contact us or him and get hold of that because he talks about the role of the whole body in this. And so Charles S. Price said of one thing, we are very, very sure there will be a full restoration of the apostolic gifts and the full power of Pentecost before the coming of the Lord. The faithful few who are true to God, to those that place their all upon the altar of full consecration. God will pour out in fullest measure the power that was given to the disciples on the day that the church was born. What's the day? That's the day of Pentecost. We believe that there will be miracles of healing, supernatural manifestations of God's mighty power that will break even the most calloused hearts. There is another outpouring. This time, a cloudburst of latter rain. Of that, we are convinced beyond measure. God has wonderful things in store for his people. Amen. I don't want it to go to the next generation just because we weren't interested enough to become skillful for the flow. Amen. In uh, 2008, I was, Ed and I were in Fredonia, New York. And we had gone back quite early after the service to the hotel room. We got back early and I was grateful to get in the room a little early to get some rest that night. And at one o'clock, I'm still laying there, one o'clock in the morning, wide-eyed. And I couldn't fall asleep. And so I, I took some time praying and I became God's secretary that night and just wrote what he said. And I want to share with you because God brought up this to me and then either tonight, tomorrow night, whenever there's something of this we want to emphasize. But he said to me that night, he said, not every congregation will cooperate with the deeper things of the spirit. Notice the phrase, the deeper things of the spirit. There is such a thing as the household of faith. We are of the household of faith. But in the household of faith, there's rooms. Just like in your household, there's rooms. And if we're not careful, we'll just be glad to be in the household of faith. Well, we should be glad to be in the household of faith. But the entry is always an introduction to the rest of the house. There's more. And if you're not careful... Uh, even as pa- even pastors can just leave congregation members in the entry at the beginning stages of things. And they never move on into further places of what the house of faith, the household of faith contains. And some are just content to get in the door and just stay there, nominal Christians, you know, and thank God they're born again. But there's so much, there's a household, a household of faith, not just an entry of faith. There's not just the entry hall, the foyer, so to speak. There's a household and every room contains its own furnishings. And there's all kinds of the furnishings of heaven, furnishings of the spirit in each room. And you're free to to browse 
through the entire household. You don't just have to stay in babyhood stage at the beginning of things, resting on somebody else's faith to carry you through. But you can take the word and feed and grow up so that you can go upstairs. You know, when children are little, we're blocking off stairways. We put gates, why? Because they're gonna get hurt. They don't know how to navigate. And we can find them to rooms so that we can keep our eye on them. I don't ever want to be a pastor that confines people just so I can keep them close enough that I can just keep my eye on them. Right? And you don't want to be a congregation member that is contained under the umbrella of your pastor's faith, but never having your own. There's a household of faith for you to move in and enjoy and recline on all the furnishings of all the provision that's in that household of faith. And if we're not careful, we'll just be content to walk in and may even see a great view, may even see a view into other rooms, but just still stand where we're at and just admire and enjoy what's available or watch someone else enjoy the room. (laughs) But God offers us that as household of faith, we become participants of what's in that household. Amen. Meaning this miracles, miracle power is just not confined to ministers. You shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Come into that, the fullness of that room that's in that household of faith. Amen. So God said to me that night, not every congregation will cooperate with the deeper things of the spirit. What is that? Further rooms. There's further rooms in the things, in the place, in, the, in, in God, in the flow of the anointing. Amen. So not every congregation will cooperate with the deeper things of the spirit. If they won't, that's the pastor's job to help them. Say hook on and go. But those who hunger and thirst for it shall be filled. He's talking about congregations being filled. Not just individuals, but the individuals are filled. The whole congregation is filled. And then he said this to me. That's why churches, and he was referring to word and spirit churches, haven't grown to the size the pastors would like. For my plan is that they be congregations that will flow with the deeper things of God. And it's difficult to move a larger number of people into a deeper flow. Now don't misunderstand me or what he's saying, he is not sentencing word and spirit churches to smallness. But he's saying, when you're at a a smaller number, that's the time to start teaching them to hook in and step in and move because when you're at those younger years of development in a local church and growth, it's easier to get everyone on board. I mean, even Dad Hagen would say, whenever there was another place in the prophet's office he would need to go, he would tell his crusade coordinator, book me at small churches. Why? Because he recognized it's easier for me to get a smaller congregation to go with me where I need to go 
in where God's trying to take me than it is to get a, a, a convention full of people, convention center full of people to go because there's so many different systems of belief going on. And so it's easier to get them in united movement. So I'm saying this pastors, don't diminish the value of no matter how many are there, uh, don't diminish that and say, well, I wanted more. Well, take the ones you have and bring them into a skill and to a recognition of the deeper things of God. And I, I learned this in pastoring is that if you will teach the ones who are there, when others come who have not heard all the instruction, they will just step into the momentum of the ones who know. When others in the congregation know how to respond and a visitor sits next to someone who's responding, all of a sudden they feel comfortable responding because they're in the proximity of someone who knows how to respond. And it's not, yes, the, the instruction continually goes on, but it's almost that the, the skill of those present who you have trained, uh, they link arms with the new ones and help them move along quickly. So don't be disheartened if, some, if, if a congregation is not growing to, and I'm talking to pastors, to the size. And congregations don't look around and say, why isn't our church growing? You just, you just think about going deeper with God. You think about going further into that household of faith instead of saying, well, this church over there, you know, they're breaking out, but what with? Come on. Because you can be breaking out in pride and carnality and all kinds of things that satisfy the emotions in the flesh, but they're never going to arrive them at the place where God is endeavoring to take them. Listen, Dad Hagen tried and he would say this, I'm endeavoring, God is endeavoring to get us into a further place of the spirit. And really he went home to heaven without us getting there, but we've still got to get there. What is this place? It's the place of full flow, full measure, full measure of miracle power, full measure of healing power, full measure of the nine manifestations of the spirit of the fivefold offices, full measure. And you know what? It's just not okay for us to sit back and just be half interested. If we want full measure, we can't give half heartedness. Amen. And this is, this is such a cherished time for ministers and pastors that when your congregation may be smaller in number, that's the time you can go quickly into some things. Amen. So he said, that's why churches, word and spirit churches haven't grown to the size pastors would like for my plan is it that the congregations to have congregations that will flow with the deeper things of God. He's wanting some people to arrive before he starts multiplying some things. He's wanting a congregation to arrive at some places in skill and with him. And then he'll start multiplying some things. Amen. You know this, uh, well, I don't know this because I only have one child per generation. My children were nine years apart. Stephen is nine years older than Grant, so I don't know this the way that other, some of you may know it. Jennifer knows this, uh, the Tuliaus know this. The Tuliaus, what, they got 49 children now? <laughs> 
But what happens when you have a lot of children, the older ones start picking up. It, just adding the new, when you got a lot of older ones, it's no big deal to add the new ones because the older ones take care of the new ones. And in the, in the church family, that's God's intent. The ones who have gained skill and been the longest with their pastor, you take them, you take new ones that come under wing and you say, this is how you pray and this is how you praise and this is how you give. And they're demonstrations all in that congregation to the new ones. And then it doesn't matter how many new ones you have because the older ones are jumping in and bringing their part because they're not just trusting the skill to the pulpit. The skill is in the pew. The Holy Ghost is the Holy Ghost every day. Meaning not just Sunday. Meaning every one of us can have uh, experiences with God. Maybe not spectacular, but still supernatural. You don't have, don't, don't get addicted to spectacular. Thank God when that happens, but it's more supernatural things that come from him that we're interested in, not things that grab the attention of others. So people can admire us. Praise the Lord. Because he said, my plan is that they be congregations that will flow with the deeper things of God. And it's difficult to move a larger number of people into a deeper flow. So the size you're at right now, get them going. Amen. He said this, so I have brought those who want to move further into the things of God, into these churches. Um, there's more people, more children in your grade school, your junior highs and your high schools than in your universities. Why? Because there's another demand put on those in the university. You know, when you're in grade school and junior high and high school, I mean, the teacher's saying, get your homework done. Did you get it done? And in the university, they don't care whether you paid attention to the homework assignment or not. They'll let you flunk. They don't care. They're not there to babysit you. But we don't want to live where somebody has to prod us along, that we are growing up in him and we're saying, you know what, I'm not okay with what I struggled with last year will not be an issue this year. I, I put the word in my mouth. I give the word its place so that I, I step past and move past this thing that I used to struggle with. No more. But a lot of people are just content to sit in the class of the young but God's wanting us to go further with him into some things. Because I tell you what, you can pray and pray and and desire miracles, but if you're not willing to go into the deeper things of God and move with him, then we become a hindrance to that desire. So he said, so don't be concerned. Well, let me say that, let me read this again. So I have brought those who want to move further into the things of God, into these churches. What is that? Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. There's a precious woman of God that, precious ministry, and she says, I'd rather preach to 50 hungry people than 5,000 satisfied ones any day. 
But if you're not careful when you look around to society and to the way think people value the value they put on things, it's all about numbers. Don't misunderstand me. We're after the harvest. But some are just after bigness. And they're calling it a love for the harvest when it's really a motive for bigness. If we'll move with the spirit, he'll move us into fullness. We won't have to have a twisted motive of having our own grow big. So he said this to me, so don't be concerned about numbers. And he was wanting me to teach and preach this to the ministers associated with my husband and with FOF. So don't be so concerned about numbers, rather be more interested in moving the congregation into a deeper place in God. It can't be done overnight. But the progress has been great and there's more ahead for you. Now, when Dad Hagen was here in 2003, um, he referred to Dad Goodwin. Dad Goodwin was a pastor in Texas and uh, him and D Dad Hagen had much close fellowship through the years. And Dad Hagen referred to that he said their church was the closest to a New Testament church as I'd ever seen or been in in all my ministry. So we were talking about that in the back room. And I said, Dad, from the accounts that I read, Dad Goodwin's church, I think it may be held 200, 250, maybe somebody one of you ministers may know more accurately, but somewhere around in there. But they packed it out every service and they would have to put chairs in the aisles to accommodate all the people that had come. But he never moved into a bigger building. He never built on to the church building they had. So I asked Dad Hagen in the back, I said, because the Goodwin's church was full to the brim, with people, they couldn't get any more in. Why didn't he build a bigger church? Or why didn't he move to, or why didn't he go to bigger one? And he said, because he said, God never told him to. And he says, number one, God never told him to. Number two, he was landlocked. So he couldn't develop where he was at any further. So I had had that conversation with dad five years before, then God said this to me five years later. He said, that's the reason. Dad, well, let me back up and read again. Be more interested in moving the congregation uh, into a deeper place in God rather than numbers. In other words, you can have numbers. Don't be occupied with getting numbers. Be occupied with where God is wanting to take the numbers you have. And then... God said to me that night, that's the reason Dad Goodwin was never instructed to build a bigger building. I was more interested in the deeper places of the spirit that I had for that congregation to go. He said they could accomplish more by being in a deeper place of the spirit than they could by being in a larger building. Now get that. They could accomplish more by being in a deeper place of the spirit than they could by being in a larger building. 
they would have grown larger in numbers if they would have moved to a larger building, but they would have diminished in spiritual impact. Why? Because picking up numbers does not mean picking up people who will move with you. And there are, there are other places that they're going to stay in a certain flow and they're okay at a certain flow. But if you want to go further with God, when he offers us all the household of faith, not just the front room of the household of faith. If you want to go further, then you have to have people that will go with you. Amen. And they have to be taught. They have to be taught. You have to be taught to be hungry. You have to be taught to desire things. Amen. So I want to read that again. They could accomplish more by being in a deeper place of the spirit than they could by being in a larger building. They would have grown larger in numbers in a larger building, but they would have diminished in spiritual impact. Then he said this, growth of numbers is not always enlargement. Depth is enlargement. Why? The roots of a tree, the deeper it goes, the deeper it goes, then the largeness is safe. We had, in one of our homes, we had some large cottonwood trees and they're notorious shallow rooted. They're wide rooted, but they're shallow rooted. And we had a good rain and a good soaking rain for us. And we came out and a massive tree, massive, had all this height and all this width. We came out and it was just pushed over like a toothpick because there was no depth to it. And this is what happens when people want growth over depth, anything can topple them. Anything can topple that church, topple that life, topple that home topple that business because when they're just wanting all that's seen and not all that supports. So he said, depth is enlargement. Some have promoted numerical growth and sacrificed spiritual growth. Those who measure numbers as success have no vision to see the depth of the spirit. Man doesn't see as God sees. Men who measure success as numbers are bound to the natural realm and they will never move into the depth of the move of the spirit. Why? Because they're so occupied with what others view as success, what others call success, instead of what is God dealing with you about? Instead of trying to appear to be something in the community. I tell you what, if you ever follow the Holy Ghost in obeying what he has for you, I guarantee you that's the way to bless the community. You'll have something to offer the community then instead of something that the, instead of the community admiring you, you begin offering them something. Praise the Lord. Man doesn't see as God sees. Men who measure success as numbers are bound to the natural realm and will never move into the depth of the move of the spirit. Keep your focus on the spirit realm 
and don't be distracted by the natural of number counting. Then the natural realm won't trip you up. How many run? Pastors will run and see how many are showing up. They'll look in the window or look around there and show how many showed up service. What you going to do? What you going to do? You can go out in the street and go gather more right before the service because you don't like the numbers that didn't show up. What you going to do? You just flipped into the natural right before you're to step in the pulpit. Praise the Lord. And they harassed themselves and they start accusing their, their office. Well, maybe I shouldn't be pastoring anymore. Why are you going to doubt a call just because someone didn't show up? Why are you going to question where God put you just because others don't recognize the place they should be? Just because you're not where I, you should be, I mean, I'm leaving where I should be. It's like, just because the neighbor can't pay their mortgage this, this month doesn't mean I can't. But so many, if we're not careful, they associate the value and the depth and the worth of their office and their calling by who did or did not show up. Measuring the natural. We're spirit people. We're spirit people. You heard Brother Copeland, we are a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body, but we are not a soul. We are a spirit. And we keep our focus there. Amen. Uh, what's Colossians? Colossians 3 verse 2, the Amplified Set your mind on things above and keep it set. What's it say? Get it off the natural. Keep it on the things of value. So he said, keep your focus on the spirit realm and don't be distracted by the natural of number counting. Then the natural realm won't trip you up. The natural realm, and he was referring to number counting or anything of that natural realm, has tripped up so many of those I have anointed. They are so absorbed with measuring success by the natural realm that they have missed the steps that would have led them further into the things of the spirit. You can't look at this realm and God's realm at the same time and go further with him when you're distracted by the natural. The spirit realm of God is the place where all answers originate from. Those who have been tripped up by this natural realm have never made strides into the realm where their answers lie. Those sheep who need answers for their lives. And where is that from? It's from the spirit realm, from God's, from God's flow. Those sheep who need, who need answers for their lives from the spirit realm, they need answers for their health and other needs will never receive it in a church that's been tripped up by number counting. Why? Because they're more concerned about numbers than about the needs of the people and becoming skillful at meeting their needs. So he said, so just be occupied with moving deeper into the things of my spirit and leave the natural behind. Don't stay back with those who are in the realm of failure. What's the realm of failure? The natural realm. There's no failure in God's realm. There's no failure in the flow of the spirit. 
and the fall of the flesh is all the failure you'll ever want. Don't stay back with those who are in the realm of failure. What's that mean? Don't imitate others who are, don't use as an example, those who aren't moving further with God. Don't stay back with those who are in the realm of failure, which is the natural realm. Rather, you keep moving forward into the realm of answers, which is my realm, the spirit realm. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It anchors people from going, what should I do? Pastor Craig said it this morning. Don't go to another ministry and say, that worked for them. Well, if it worked for them, because it came from God, it didn't come from a plan. A man, it came from God, but you cannot adopt another man's plan and put God's name on it. And you say, well, you're talking about churches. I'm talking about lives for your life. You can't just mimic how somebody did it and, and expect God to owe you success because you imitated something that succeeded for someone else. You got to find out from God what is his directive for your life, for your business, for your home, for your marriage, for your family. Yes, there are similarity, the similarities of the foundation of the word, but how that's played out is directed by the leading of the spirit many times. Amen. So I say to you, don't just Look around to the natural and start measuring out here to decide the value of what you're doing for God. Because I guarantee you, most of those, most of us in the church family, we serve in capacities that are not visible. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't expect you to be there. Or God doesn't expect you to value that place. Amen. Well, I just, you know, I, I just wanted to, you know, help in something more apparent. Listen, just being a help. What did David say? I'd rather be what? A doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tents of the wicked, than to have a front row seat with sin have a front row seat with carnality, enjoying all of that. He says, I'd rather be a doorkeeper. Somebody nobody ever looks at, but I'm, I'm where I'm in the vicinity where God is blessing and moving. Amen. Some have thought certain positions are beneath them, but notice this, the Holy Spirit is called the helper and it's not beneath the Godhead to be called a helper. It's not beneath us to be a helper to the children's department, to the usher's department, to any, it's not beneath us. It is an honor to be, to be able to put our hand to anything that flows from God and anything that God values and is interested in and authors for us. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm not going to go further than that because I'd have to go a whole nother sermon. And I've got you a few more services, and so we can, we can get it that way. So this is, uh, these are some things that God said to us, what, to keep us on course, keep us on course. That means this, don't jump ship just because your church doesn't look to be 
growing. You be where God told you to be. And I don't care what grows up around you. If God didn't put you there, it won't feed you. Well, they're preaching the word. I didn't say they weren't preaching the word. I'm talking about where did God put you? In my housing addition that I live in, I could drive down the road and there's a kitchen in every house. But I'm not authorized to go and sit at the table just because there's a kitchen where they're serving dinner every night. I can't just walk in and say, well, you got a kitchen and you got a table. Why don't you feed me? Because that's not where I belong. You go to where you belong and you eat at mama's table and you eat at daddy's table and you don't be found at a table that you shouldn't be in just because you forced your way in because it looked like it was a funner party there. Well, at this church, you don't have to serve. You mean they don't get to do what God wants them to do? I'm not looking to get dismissed from helping. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So my husband went to church with Billy Frazier, got saved, was in a home of mental illness, alcoholism. And his mind, he said, was getting as squirrely as his relatives. And he got born again because the flow of the spirit, someone valued the flow of the spirit. The flow of the spirit embarrassed the pastor that day, but it met the needs of the hungry that day. I tell you what, value being where the spirit is valued and honored and given his way. Praise the Lord. So my husband came back to church that night and he said to the pastor, he said, I've been serving the devil for 25 years. And he says, now that I'm born again, what can I do for God? He didn't just say, how can you help me get out of my messes? He said, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Remember on the road to Damascus when Jesus spoke to Paul? And he's, you know what Paul's question was? What would you have me do? No wonder God could take that man because he understood. No, he, take him in another direction because he understood there's something for me to do. Not just something for me to draw off of somebody, but something for me to do. And the pastor said, we don't have anyone to clean the toilets. It's that I can clean the toilets. But how many would have thought that beneath them? <laughs> If Jesus didn't think it beneath him as the Godhead to take his sin upon, your sin upon him, it's not beneath us to do anything, anything that's connected to his family. It's an honor. It's an honor. It's an honor. It's an honor. Amen. And the world will teach you you're not a success till you have your own. Well, that's not scriptural. It's not scriptural. Yeah. If you're, if you can't be faithful with what belongs to another man, who will give you your own? And you can get your own and it not be worth having. <laughs> but when God lets me do something of his own. So my husband served cleaning toilets a long time because he didn't have a, he didn't have much of an education, but he was smart enough to know this is not beneath me. Some people aren't smart enough to know that serving anything that God is 
that's connected to God's family. It's an honor. It's an honor. He did that faithfully. And then one day uh, he got promoted to door greeter. And I guarantee you, when Ed showed the way he greeted people, I guarantee you they got greeted. (laughs) And then he got promoted to deacon. And then he got promoted to pastor. Not of that church, but God moved him into the pastorate. Why? Because he was willing to be developed and to go deeper, not go more visible, go deeper. Amen. Tend to your spiritual life. When your pastor says, uh, let's step into what God wants tonight. You say, let's go pastor. Instead of I'm tired. Every single one of us have to step past our flesh to obey God. Every single one of us, every single one of you. Anything God tells you to do is always in violation of your flesh because God's not working through your flesh. He's not leading you through your flesh. He's telling you to step past your flesh, get into his flow. Amen. Stand with me to your feet tonight. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Father, it's an honor to belong to you. What a family. What a family, what a father, (laughs) what a savior. We're so thankful we belong to you. We did not come into this life and get born again just so we could have less. We're hungry for more. We're hungry for more. We're hungry for more, so we go with you into the deeper things that you offer us. Being students of the word, as Brother Copeland talked about, taking correction is going deeper. Taking the discipline, being a disciple, taking the instruction is going deeper. So we thank you. Holy Spirit, what a precious guide you are. We honor your movement. We honor you bringing to pass and bringing us into all Jesus purchased. Thank you so much. And Holy Spirit, you are always welcome to have your way And we thank you how patient you are in leading us as we're learning. But we'll keep learning. And even if we miss it, we'll keep learning. But we thank you. We thank you. Hallelujah. A few days ago, I was praying uh, out some things and it was for these services. And uh, God said to me, new hearts. I'm not talking about emotional. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about a physical heart. Heart, heart issues. He said, there's new hearts for people. And then he said, there's new parts for hearts. Some need a whole new heart. Some just need repaired parts, new parts. 
you go, well, that, that doesn't make sense. Well, how can God do that? Take out my heart and give me a new heart. He did that for Mom Hagen. She had an incurable heart condition. And for a year, she just focused and filled up on the healing word. And one night she saw an angel walk in right when they were sitting watching TV, not even in church, just watching TV. An angel walked in carrying something. She didn't know what it was. Then she saw him reach into her chest, deposit that, and he pulled out the old heart and left it on the table by her. She didn't see it in the natural, but in the spirit she saw it. Why? Heaven doesn't need something that didn't work. The broken down stuff's for the earth. Amen. So there's new body parts. Amen. So if you have a heart condition, we'll minister to you because heaven has something more and we want it. Amen. Hallelujah. So if that's you and you have a heart condition, come up here and we'll minister to you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And, uh, how many of you know there are even angels that will cooperate with this flow? Are angels healers? No, but they cooperate with healing power. They cooperate. In the pool of Bethesda, that angel came down and stirred the water and whoever got in it, the first one, there was a deposit of healing power enough for one. The angel didn't heal, but the angel cooperated by depositing that healing power so that those in need could access it. Amen. So some of you may feel something even moving. That's all right. Don't be concerned. Some of you might not feel anything. It's all right too. It's not about what we feel or don't feel. Congregation, reach your hands out toward these. Father, we thank you. <laughs> it is your complete pleasure. Jesus, what a wonderful healer you are. And you spoke to me days ago that there's new hearts. So we, we receive them tonight. We thank you for that. We don't try to figure it out. We just believe it. We receive it. You heard it this morning, Pastor Craig. Agree. Agree. Agree that there's new hearts. Agree that there's new parts. Amen. And you take it. You don't have to figure it out. You just take it. Hallelujah. Congregation, you're releasing your faith with us. Thank you, Father, that heart to be whole. In Jesus' name, we thank you for that heart to be whole. In Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, for that heart to be be whole in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, that when this cloth is laid upon that one in need, that if there's a presence of an evil spirit, the anointing will drive it out. They'll be made whole in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Father. I always so appreciate how you bring claws for people. I appreciate that, that you're sitting here receiving for yourself, but you're also thinking of somebody else. Thank you for that. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Father. We thank ah, we thank you for wholeness. In Jesus' name, we thank you. There it goes, love. Mm. 
wholeness in Jesus' name. We thank you for wholeness. Ah, in Jesus' name. We thank you for wholeness. Ah, in Jesus' name. We thank you for that. We thank you for wholeness, Father, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's thank him. Let's thank him. Jesus, thank you for new hearts. Thank you for new parts. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, for wholeness. Ah, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father. Chapter 1, verse 11 says, Paul writing says, For I long to see you, that I may impart, that I may impart, that I may impart. Something that's going to help you. Something that's going to get you to the end. The word, impartations come through the word, sitting under the word. Impartations can come though through the laying on of hands. Hebrews 6 talks about the ministry of the laying on of hands. Not everyone has that ministry. Everyone can lay hands on the sick. I'm talking about believers, but this is another doctrine of the church, the ministry of the laying on of hands for impartation. And um, there's a whole tribe of Canadians here, aren't there? Wave your hand if you're from Pastor Craig's church. Look at them all. Look at them all. I want to lay hands on you. Come up here. I want to lay hands on you. Hallelujah. I haven't been able to get there. But I was...
prompted in my heart to bless you. You say, well, what is it that I'll be blessed with? Well, what is it that you need? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can just put your feet right up next to that step, if you would. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Look at all these that came all the way from Canada. Praise the Lord. Thank you for that. Pastor Craig, that's good teaching, brother. <laughs> Hungry. Hungry. Those that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. So, Father, we thank you for the filling. We thank you for the impartation. We, whew, we thank you for it. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Be blessed in Jesus' name. 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 We thank you for it, Father. Blessed in Jesus' name. Blessed for the next thing God has for him. Blessed for the next thing. Blessed to run with their pastor. Blessed to run with their pastor. Blessed to bring a wealth of supply. <laughs> Graced to bring that supply. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Father. Hallelujah. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for ah, another dimension being added to you, love. Another dimension of giftings being added because your pastor needs them <laughs> and God needs them. <laughs> and if your pastor needs them, God needs them. <laughs> We thank you. Blessed in Jesus' name. Blessed in Jesus' name. Blessed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for revelations and oracles of God afresh. Give me your hands, Pastor. I thank you. Mm. Mm. That will speak into not just the community, the region, but the nation. A voice, a voice. Someone cannot take a voice to themselves. God has to give it. And God assigns it. He gives it. Be a good steward of that voice, but don't let others use the voice. It's for God's use. Others will come and they'll say, you need to say this, Pastor. You need to, you need to deal with this. You need to address this. You need to tell them this. No, my voice is not at your disposal. It's at his disposal. You don't tell me. You don't put the words in this voice. God, this voice he gives me, this influence he gives me is so he can tell me what he once said, not so you can use it for your own benefit. So don't let others share that voice. It's not given to them. It's given to you to steward how that voice is used. 
and it's for his benefit. Same thing for you, Pastor Jay. Yeah. Pastor Jay. Ah. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for that voice. We thank you for it. We thank you for it. God's raising up. He's raising up those to be voices in this era. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, Morgan, if you'll hand me that microphone. Praise the Lord. Pastor Noel, come up here. Pastor Noel, come up here. Just obey God. Yeah. yeah. It's in my heart. It's the uh, book of Acts, chapter 13. Chapter 13. Uh, There's certain, certain prophets yeah. and teachers. Uh, and uh, they uh, ministered unto the Lord. Uh, the Holy Ghost said, there's some occasions, there are certain, certain prophets in this room. Uh, yeah, sometimes we just do teaching, but there's prophets. The seer, so he came off, so the seer, the seer, the seer has to see and speak what they're seeing. Amen, the seer. Uh, uh, sure, yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Oh, shike, bohuya. Yes, Lord. Ah, so ki te bahakoriata. Ide broto kolebika. Yeah. Pastor Jay? Pastor Jay, please come up. Speak what you see. The seer has to get in front now. This is not just a voice of teaching. But the voice of a prophet, a seer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Speak what you see. That's a real seer. Yeah, yeah. A skillful one. Yeah. Directions for the body. Thank you, Jesus. I see you. Unity coming to congregations that are have that have has leadership of the Spirit in front of them speaking the Word of God, coming into a unity that forms a spiritual house, mm-hmm. not just the individual being a house, mm-hmm. but the body united as one, built up a spiritual house for God's glory mm-hmm. in manifest way, in a corporate wave moving over the congregation, not just once, but when they come together, moving by the Spirit, moving by the Spirit. This service flowing in this direction with these things and these manifestations and in this next service flowing in another way for the needs of the people to be met. And so a corporate house, for it is written, the cleansing and washing of the water of the word goes before the glory, mm-hmm. that his house might be filled with his glory. So the move of the spirit in the generation past 
has emphasized the word, and this is a move of the glory. Because of the word in the past and a continued preaching and teaching of the word now, but now mm-hmm. a greater demonstration of the glory yes. in the house of unity. Yes. Oh, my, 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 my. And things set in order. My, 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 I see that, I see it, I see it. Things set in order. As it were, rooms in the spirit yeah. that have been vacated. Yes. Places, rooms that have been vacated. Yes, occupied by the previous generation, but this time, but now it's it's yeah. gathering dust. Yeah. Machinery and equipment that's there was once occupied and used, yes. and now it's gone dormant and not being occupied. But leaders of the Spirit, through speaking the Word of God and bringing lives into order by the Spirit, bringing people into their place by the Spirit, will form, well, this room will begin to be occupied and the dust will be cleared and the room will begin to function. This piece of equipment functioning as one moving manifestation of the Spirit through this one. And this piece of equipment Mm -hmm. beginning to function again as this one moves and operates Mm -hmm. in the things that God gives them to operate with in that room with their pastor. And as they all come together and each piece of equipment begins to operate in this room, and, and, and begins to take, take be my mashiach. <laughs> the Father's heart will be satisfied and the glory will be manifested in that room. And when you come together as a congregation, it'll be as if you enter into that room and each person moves in and begins to take their place. And then the glory of God, each, each piece of equipment functioning properly will begin to... Mm, Ah, ah, all in one accord, all in one accord will begin to cause the heart of the Father to be glad. Yes. Ah, and the glory. The glory, the glory, the glory, the glory will bring it all into full function. God's plan will be done. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Well, I so called king on the bed. Aha, yeah. Mm, Eke Shoko. Ha. Mm, amen. Make do kutushkade. Yes. Yes, the prophets. The seer. The seer. Yeah. Cool. So they, they're going to get into the front. The front. Yeah. But yeah, they, they will speak. Uh, who? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They will speak over the nation. Ah, yeah. ah the glory shall be cut at the Shokopa. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, King Jehoshaphat. Yes, Lord. Ah, to cause the seer. Woo! The seer. Ah, ah, ah. The people got together through the instruction of the seer. Ah, Yeah, yeah. And the enemy, the enemy, the enemy, the enemy was defeated. The enemy. Oh, yeah, ki tiso ko tu tu. Ah, bokuse. Yeah, yeah. The seer. Ah, the prophet. Oh, Mike. Yako, yaka. The doske deshka dibastia. Ah, oh, oh, ah, ah. My Loki so and that's is Paracodol bread and Mobra Lai Biacodosheka. Ah, oh, 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 o
yes, Lord. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 yes, Lord, I will, Lord. Yeah, it's my honor to say that. Yes, Lord. Aha, 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 oh, 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 Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Pastor? Pastor? Pastor, this year, in fact, I believe in this meeting, the prophet's anointing on you will be greater than before. Mm -hmm. You will see things that you've never seen before. You will speak. That's okay. Yeah. The prophet has to speak. The prophet has to speak. Yeah. Your prophet's anointing on you will be greater than before. And that's so Oh, oh my. Oh, oh, oh. A greater room on that prophet's anointing. A great, greater room. I see that, Lord. Elijah got into a new room. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, to ordain, to, oh my, oh, the leader, oh, yes, Lord, oh, yes, Lord, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 oh, yeah, got into a new room, got into a new room, speak and ordain a leader of a nation, yeah, yeah, oh, a leader of the army, oh, 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 and those, those that will enter in, into that prophet's anointing, into the, yeah, you will speak to their life, you will speak, Maike, Shuka, yeah, Moka, that's like Elijah's anointing, whoa, yaka, yeka, ah, yeah, and the rain will flow, and the latter rain will flow. My God, so, ha, the latter rain, ha, yeah, cook it, esoko, ha, yeah, oh, ha, oh, de ekosoto, dekasa, and many men, many men will follow, many women will follow. Oh, yeah, katoto kusheta, ordain, 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 ordaining, ordaining men and women of God into their place, into their place of ministry. Or that, the kisha, and that tiko, there, there will be many, many men and women of God. Halakosute, akasoko, yika, and that soko, tate, soko, paya, will be, will be coming, and they will be ordained. And you, 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 hita, yeah, well, she, aso, akosho, aha, oho, Yes, Lord. Okay. Well, that they go so yeah. As that, that's anointing. Seeing in the things of the spirit with regards to the nation, with regards to the president. That's coming, coming, coming to you, Pastor. Coming to your ministry. Okay. That's the tech and things will change things will change and nations things will change in the body of Christ in the life of many ministers hallelujah thank you, thank you. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We worship you, Father. We give you glory and honor. We give you glory and honor. We thank you. We thank you for raising up precious ministers, gifts to the earth. We thank you, Father. We thank you for it, Father. You know, because we want to make these services as classrooms of the Spirit for you, too. So you say, how, how do you know what to call out or what to minister? Well, regarding the hearts, remember I was praying and I prayed out. So I write that down and I don't let that slip and then see if, if you don't care to remember it. <laughs> and then you, you get, it just seems right, yeah, do it now in this service or do it later in the week. You just follow inside of you don't just sit and figure out a well mentally where would be a good place to do that I don't do that I just when you're in the flow you check yeah this seems to fit and then one thing leads to another thing following the spirit and I've said it for years this way following the spirit is like pulling the magician's handkerchief you pull the corner and a whole nother length of it comes out and the more you pull the more comes so if you'll start with the one thing, there's something tied to it, connected to it, that'll lead you to the next thing. And so this is where it doesn't work with the natural mind of people don't want to know exactly what to do in a service. You don't have to know there. You, you don't have to know where you're not at yet. You're not, you don't need all four instructions from the Lord. Just, you just need the next one. So if you'll act on the next thing that comes up in your heart, not something you figure out, but it just is an impression in here. Just, it's not necessary that you hear words, but you just, it's impressed. I'm impressed to minister to this one, or I'm impressed to minister to that one. And you just follow that. Amen. And, and sometimes I'll sense an, a, a, a tangibility of the anointing. Sometimes I don't. I'm not led by what I, that, sense of feeling something I'm led by here the inward witness and that's why it's so important as ministers we become skillful in following the inward witness in our daily life because that's what we're going to follow when we hit the pulpit too in ministering the spirit you just follow that inward witness amen so uh, we speak to those who are watching by live stream with heart conditions those who need a new heart those who need new parts in their heart. In Jesus' name, right now there's power present and available right where you're at. Satan, you take your hands off their bodies. You take your hands off their lives. You take your hand of torment off their minds. In Jesus' name, be free in Jesus' name. And I speak, Father, we receive new hearts. We receive new parts for hearts. And pain is leaving right now. There's somebody watching and I mean, you go, oh, all the pain left. It almost took your breath away because you realized oh, all that pain left. <laughs> yeah, that's how much he loves you. Hallelujah. Those of you who are watching, you say, I can sense something's moving. I can sense a difference. I, pain has left. 
uh, text us, let us know. Get on Instagram, get on Facebook. Let us know because we keep track of all of that. Amen. It matters that we acknowledge what God is doing. It matters that we honor it enough to testify to it. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. There's so much, there's so much. I don't want any ground lost that previous generations walked on. But there's still not just walking where they walk, but going further, there's further places. Amen. So we say as believers, as ministers, we'll go, we'll go with the Holy Ghost into those further places. Not to be odd. <laughs> you know, I'm not talking about this to try to sound like I'm deep. <laughs> I'm just saying there's more in God for us to flow in and move in. But uh, let's go together. Amen. It's not just observing what goes on. It's us coming hungry and saying, I'll respond to whatever he has me to do and to I'll respond in all flows of the service. Amen. Y'all are such a, I tell you, in these meetings, I mean, you notice Brother Copeland was not wanting to shut it down and wanted to stay. Why? Because you're so willing to go. But I'm saying when you go back home with your own congregations, amen, uh, let's all do our part to go further. Amen. 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 We're spirit people. Word and spirit. Word and spirit. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We glorify you. We glorify you. We glorify you. We magnify you. Father, thank you for the services today. Thank you for the services so far. Help, answers, the dealings of God that are so precious to us. The correction, the direction. <laughs> the protection and the perfection. We thank you for it. We thank you, Father. Father, we agree with your will for our life. We agree with your movement in our life. We agree with the instruction, the correction. We agree with it. I so appreciate what Pastor Craig preached this morning on that. Uh, Dad Hagen made a statement. He said, if there's any area in your life that you're struggling, it's because you've not yet agreed with God on it. You say, well, I'm struggling about healing. We'll agree with him on healing. You say, I'm struggling with prosperity. Then agree with him on prosperity. Agree with him. Or, you know, I, 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 I just, I, I just, I'm struggling about making that step regarding ministry. We'll agree with him. Because I tell you, that's your wealthy place. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, you don't want to miss in the morning, 10 a.m. tomorrow night, uh, 7 p.m. And uh, all the way through Thursday, 10 a.m., 7 p.m. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, turn to somebody before you're dismissed and say, I'm going to keep going further in that household of faith. And you can be dismissed. God bless you. We trust you've enjoyed this message. 
Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.